All right, if you would grab your Bibles and turn with me to uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Gospel of Luke, chapter 5. Um, God really put uh, this, uh, this passage on my heart this last week, and, and I, I kind of thought it was out of the blue uh, a little bit because I, I, I thought, you know, we had a trajectory as far as, you know, uh, what we were going to be doing, the series that we're going to be doing, and, and uh, wonder where this came from, but uh, th- then I realized that this actually really does help set up more so for us, you know, what he's called us to do as we continue in this journey. Uh, of uh, just understanding clearly, 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 you know, that, there's no, that we're not deceived, we're not confused of what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. We're not caught up in all the uh, Christianese and all, all of the cultural Christianity and the meism that has come in and taken over so much of, of church and, and, and um, the lives and minds and thought processes of so many people. Uh, and yet to be a follower of his and, and you know, to combat that whole mindset, you know, you know, God, God wants me to be happy. No, God wants me to be holy, you know. And, uh, you know, happiness is a passing thing. But uh, God wants me to come, and in that holiness, there is joy that is abundant. There is purpose, there's meaning, uh, there's hope uh, in, in all that we do. And then, uh, and then that process that we need to continue to to. To, to go through presenting ourselves, surrendering our will, our way uh, to him and, and allowing him to be life because it is, you know, uh, Christ in me that's the hope of glory. So, uh, and, and so we've, you know, we've, we've been on this journey of, of doing that and, and saying, God, I want to be used of you. So, you know, that means I've got to be usable and, and there's a process there and, and then understanding what it means for us to really uh, take on the heart and mind of the Apostle Paul who says, hey, imitate me because I, I'm imitating him. Imitate me, Paul says, because I'm following him, and that is to do whatever it takes. Enter their world. Uh, those for whom Christ came, uh, he said, I didn't come for those that are well, but I came for those that are sick. That in itself means there's going to be some discomfort and there's going to be some uh, you, you just agony really in the process, but there's joy in the journey because he is our joy. And uh, so we've been in this process, and now we come to this uh, parable, I mean, to, to this passage in, in Luke, the Gospel of Luke chapter 5, and, and we, we see that it begins, now there's a correlating passage uh, of this story being retold in Mark chapter 2. Uh, but this one begins by Jesus going out and calling, you know, the, the first disciples. And, and, and we see that um, you, you got, you know, Peter uh, and uh, John out there uh, that are fishing early part in, 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 in uh, Luke chapter 5. And uh, Jesus sees the boat. He says, hey, push on out there. You know, they've been fishing all night and all that kind of stuff. And he speaks to the people. He's using, he's using uh, the waters there as an amplifier. And, uh, and then after he gets through teaching, uh, he's, he tells uh, Simon Peter, he says, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And, you know, they've been out all night. He's professional fisherman. He, you know, this newcomer gets in the boat and says, now you do it. He says, ah, don't want to do it. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. But because you say so, because you say it, I will do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it tells that, wait a minute, his boat was just, 
completely being, you know, it was sinking. It was so full of fish they couldn't. And then, they, you know, called over, uh, signaled over to their partner boats. And, and they came, and, and, and that too was, you know, being so full of fishing. So here, so what is the goal of a fisherman? You know, it is to catch fish. I mean, and then, isn't it good whenever you're out there catching fish that you can tell the, these big fish stories like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, never, ever, ever has there been a catch like this. Whoo! Now, this is going to get me going, and I'm going to be the king of fishermen. Uh, any of y'all ever watch, uh, what, what was it, Swamp People? Swamp, huh? Troy? Anybody know, anybody know about Troy? Anybody, see, let me see a hand if you know about Troy. He's the king of, you know, alligator killers, you know. So, but the king, it's like, whoa, I'm going to have a reputation going on me. But then Jesus said, wait a minute, this ain't nothing. From now on, you're going you're gonna to be catching people. And you know what he does? Everything that had been so important to him, catching fish, he just completely abandons it. He completely abandons it. Wait a minute, this is what I do. This is what I've always wanted. He complete, it was now, that was nothing to him. That in and of itself should just like, okay, Jesus. It's not like, come help me out, do my thing. No, it's like, my thing, forget my thing. Forget my thing. Forget what I'm preoccupied with. Forget my focus. Forget what I'm consumed with. What I've been looking to to provide life, sustenance. sustenance. Forget it. I'm, there's something bigger. And then we see this man with leprosy. And all of a sudden, you know, it just, it's starting to gain momentum. And, and, and he goes, man, if you're just willing, Jesus, he just runs and throws himself. If you're willing, uh, then I can be healed. And this is a man that was desperate, you know, and had been isolated, you know, uh, cast out. You know, just the, what they had gone through is just unbearable and, unimag uh, un and, and unimaginable for us. He goes, if you're just willing, he goes, I'm willing. He reaches out. And then all of a sudden, you know, here, here's building. And now we come to this passage beginning in verse 17. Let's read it together. It says, one day as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on, that ma on a mat and tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd... They went up on the roof and lowered him on a mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what had been, uh, he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, 
we have seen remarkable things today. This is God's living word for us today. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, again, we just thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, as you, as you came upon Mary, and then she, uh, through her, came Jesus. Uh, Lord, as you came down at Pentecost on, on, the, on those gathered, and then presented Jesus to the world, your Holy Spirit comes having inspired these words. And then through these, present Jesus to us today. May we, like those present that day, be filled with awe and leave here saying, we have seen remarkable things today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your unconditional, unrelenting love for us. Draw us to yourself today, Jesus, through your spirit. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You've probably read through this passage, you know, dozens, if not, you know, multiple dozens of times. Uh, and, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a great story, but it's, it's more than a story. And it's here that I think there's some profound insights that have significant relevance for me and you today. Uh, and I know it does for me, but you know it's it's interesting as we look at this to look at it through the the different you know the different points of view you know and um, you know whenever there's whenever there's a, a movie or something like that they are very interested in this point of view that you know in each of these different scenes and so you know we come and uh, uh, we we see start off you know just just take the point of view of of these friends this friends of the paralytic I don't know if they had heard. You know about Jesus. I don't know if they had seen Jesus healed. Maybe right before that, you know, seen him heal the leper, and they're going, "Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa!" And 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 their minds immediately went to their friend who was paralyzed. And so, so they 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 come and they and they go to their friend. They're saying, "Listen, listen, just Jesus. I mean, wow, he's doing some amazing things. I don't know if he's the Messiah. I don't know, but you know, listen, I'm just saying, we believe." That you can be healed. We believe this can be a life changer for you. And so apparently, I don't know how much resistance he had, but there probably was like, you know, this man who'd been dealing with this all his life, he's going, okay, uh, you know, you know, and, and, and probably somewhat reluctant to go, I'm so tired of having hope and then being disappointed. I'm so, uh, but, but he relented. I mean, somehow, some way, you know. And so the process is that these guys are coming and they're going, we're, we're so excited. So they, they took time out of their schedules, their day, and all of the stuff, and they get him. And, 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 and Mark is very clear, said it was four of them. So, they, you know, they've got the four corners of this, of this mat of his. And they're going to Jesus. And all of a sudden, they get there. And they go, oh, my gosh. We, we, we can't even see the house, much, much less Jesus. And you can only imagine, you know, you know, because you've been there before. It's like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I thought this was a good idea, but, you know, I, this is, you know, and, you know, this, this is not what I thought it was going to be. You know, I was going to just get, just get it. And so now there's all, the, all, all of these things that are barriers that are just like, what are we going to do, you know? And, and, and so then 
you know, th then they go, okay, we're not, we're not stopping here. And in that day, you know, there was usually, they did a lot of stuff, you know, you've seen Fiddler on the Roof, right? You know, they did a lot of stuff on the roof, you know, and so there's usually some stairs up there. You know, there, there's some stairs to get up on the roof, but, I mean, you know, go, okay, okay, guess, but that's better than the picture I had originally. Originally, I thought, you know, they were just, you know, climbing up the side. Of, you know, okay, so, no, but you're carrying this dead weight, and, you know, uh, up these stairs, and I'm sure he's going, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, you know, you know, you know, because, you know, the stairs aren't even. And so, you know, they're trying to work that thing up there, and they get up there, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they just go, we're going to get him. We're going to get him there. And so they just start peeling away the, you know, the tiles of the roof. And then they, they're peeling. And it's not just a little hole. I mean, they got to get this whole mat down there. And so they're just peeling it all off. And, you know, they get it. And they know. They know that there's stuff that's being disruptive down there. You know, because when you're doing that, there's stuff that's going to be falling below. But they do it. And then they finally get it all big enough. And then they, they lower him down. In front of Jesus. And I'm sure their hearts are pounding, you know, and, and their sweaty faces may be peeking over the through there. And then, and then Jesus, it says that when he saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And, 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 and maybe one of them was like, what, what did he say? What, what did, did he, did he just say your sins are forgiven? <laughs> Man, we brought him here so he could be healed, so he could walk. We were not thinking we were going to have to carry him back home. <laughs> we were thinking he was going to be walking back home. What did he say? Your sins are forgiven. What about, what about the point of view of the you know, man himself? Again, you know, it's like, okay, I've, I've had hope against hope. I'm, you know, I've, uh, all my life I've been hoping that, that I would, you know, and, 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 and there's the emotional I'm sure uh, financial, relational consequences to, you know, to this man that's been so dependent on so many people. And, you know, he gets there and, and, and he sees the crowd and he's going, yep, this was a bad idea. I knew I should have never, never let my hope build up. I, I got my hopes up. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, okay, y'all going to do what? You're going to take me up the steps? Oh my gosh! This is this is becoming disastrous here, and then and then you're going to do what? I mean, and and you're going to lower what? You're going to lower me down? I mean, listen, all eyes on me. How awkward was that? And he finally, you know, he's there, and 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 boom, and then the first words out of Jesus' mouth is, "Friend, your sins are forgiven." probably a little bit confusing because he didn't come there to have his sins forgiven he came there to get healed what about all these pharisees and teachers of the law they had come from all the different villages and they're you know they're they got their antennas up they're wanting to catch him at something you know and so here they are you know skeptical sitting back there like this listen to this new teacher and uh, all of a sudden you know, they're, they're there, and dust and dirt and pieces of, you know, the, the roof starts falling in, and, 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 and so they're, they're trying to listen to him, and all of a sudden, you know, and then more pieces and all of this stuff, and, you know, and, and they're trying to pay attention, you know, but here comes, 
this man that's interrupting, you know, what they're trying, what they're there to do, and finally the guy comes in, pop, right in front of Jesus. And then it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he, he goes, your sins are forgiven. Can you, what did he say? What did he say? Verse 21, the Pharisees and the teachers uh, began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So they're there to catch Jesus in something, and now, gold mine, gold mine. This man is speaking blasphemy. Because, see, they knew. I mean, they were right. Only God can forgive. Only, only God can forgive. And so he says, hey, I know what's going on in your hearts. Which is easier to say your friends are forgiven to get up and walk? So, so he just asked the question, which is easier to say? Uh, your sins are forgiven or get up and, get, get up and walk? And then they're probably thinking... Well, you can't really verify if somebody's sins are forgiven, so it's probably, I mean, so that's probably easier to say, to say get up and walk while validating you. He says, so I, know, I already know your answer. What about Jesus' point of view? Here's the Son of God. Here's the Son of God who's left glory, and he's come to earth so that you and I could know the Father who He loves. And, 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 and here's Jesus beginning His public ministry and, and, and now He's in this. Now they're starting to hear about Him. They're starting to hear about these miracles and, and, and these needs being fulfilled and, and, and He's teaching. He's teaching. And, and all of a sudden as He's teaching, you know, and the crowds have amassed, there's stuff falling in front of Him. Listen, there's nothing falling on you right now, and I'm having a very, very difficult time keeping your attention. <laughs> but there was stuff falling from the roof. Jesus keeps on coming. So he's not startled. It doesn't bother him a bit. Because uh-oh is not in God's vocabulary. And he's the one that redeems stuff. Horrible stuff, wrecks, mistakes. And so the man is down in front of him. And, and it says, and when he saw their faith, Jesus saw the faith of, of these people, probably maybe somewhat. You know, you just saying about my faith will falter, Tess. You know, by this time, this, the, 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 par, the paralytic was probably thinking, this is a disaster. I'm sure his faith was faltering. But it says that when he saw their faith, when he saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. See, from, from Jesus' perspective, 
the presenting problem is usually not the problem. See, for us, for, for us, so often we come, we come, and we throw up a prayer, or we come because of something in our need, and we're going, God, fix this. And it may be, it may be some physical issue. It may be a doctor report that you just got. And so you, and you're going, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get before Jesus on this. Or it may be a relationship that's going bad. Or it may be something that's got you all twisted up in your life. And there's just bitterness and there's anger and there's unforgiveness and there's guilt. I don't know what it is, but there's something. There's some presenting problem. Oh, God, save my, my marriage. Oh, God, we are in financial disaster. Emotionally, I am wrecked. I am wrecked. There's a presenting problem and we come. We come to Jesus and say, oh, God, help me. But what Jesus helps us understand is just kind of a recalibration for us. He says, hey, guys, so often the thing that we see as our biggest problem ain't even close. We are, we are absorbed and consumed with this. God fixed it. But he goes, hey, you know what? The biggest problem, the biggest need is, is to have your sins forgiven. To be cleansed of guilt. To now have, have peace with God so that you can know and encounter the living God who created you for a relationship with himself. And now in this forgiveness you can now begin to see God's healing power in all of these other aspects. See, it's sin. Rebellion against God. Snubbing our nose at God. Wanting a nickel's worth of God. Being meistic in our relationship. That, that, that's sin. And sin is what destroys and corrupts everything. Emotionally, physically, it was when sin entered the world that these bodies got had all this stuff going on. Emotionally, physically, financially, it's sin. It's this sinful attitude of just saying, my way, my priorities. Jesus, from his brain, he says, sin, we got to deal with sin. Because, because even Jesus said, hey, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world but lose his soul? That's powerful right there. When he saw their faith. From his perspective, your faith in him. Your faith in him can leverage salvation in the life of the people around you. I don't understand it all. Then Jesus goes on now because he knew what was, the, the rumbling started. What did he say? Your sins? Oh my gosh, that's blasphemy. He says now, I, I, you know, which is easier? To say your sins are forgiven or to say to get up and walk? Now they're going to say it's easier to say your sins are forgiven. Can't validate it. So, you know, get up. He said, now, I know what you're going to say. So, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. 
He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them and he took what he'd been lying on and he went home praising God. See, Jesus, J- Jesus knew it was a lot, a lot easier to say, get up and walk. The harder thing was, was to say, your sins are forgiven. Because he knew what it was going to require to say your sins are forgiven. And that's him crucified. It was going to cost him his life. But so that you'll know, get up and walk. And that man immediately stood up. Whew. So this was a double whammy for him. My sins are forgiven, and I'm walking. Hallelujah. And it says, they were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. A couple things I want us to kind of camp out on, and you all going to have an opportunity to, to discuss this. Ask God, help us lead on this. But the first thing that, I, that just really stood out to me it just, it was in verse 17. It's right there at the end of verse 17. Here's Jesus goes and says, And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. What? I just thought, like, you're Jesus. You're Jesus. The power is always there. I don't know, but I think there's something here to say, you know, there are times when, you know, there are just times when God says, Okay, now's the time. Now's the time. Today's the day. Don't assume, don't assume, don't assume on the presence and the love and the invitation whenever there's just a little prick in your heart. Hey, I might need to come and bow before Jesus. The power of the Lord (laughs) was present for him to sit. For him to heal the sick. The other thing is just just think about what it required. Just think about what it required uh, of the friends. I mean, these friends here. And see, we 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 need to ha- we need to have the mindset. Of, I think God says, "Hey, I need I need you, my followers, to have the mindset because you know you know that I can forgive guilt and shame. You know I can restore. You know that I can redeem." There's an old African proverb that says, you know, the greatest sin in the desert is not to kill, but is not to tell someone of life-giving water. But you know where it is. So what does it take? What does it take to be this kind of friend that, 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 that God wants me and you to be? Well, it's, it's certainly, cre- we be creative. Not say, well, I'm already seeing a crowd. It's, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not what we expected. Let's just go back maybe another day. No, we've got to have that mentality where there's a will, there's a way. If there's a closed door, find an open roof. Oh, and you, by the way, open it. 
What about an urgency? You know, it's like, you know, let's just wait till the crowds disperse. There's always tomorrow. You know, it must not be God's timing. But the time is now. How many, how often have we talked ourselves out of, because it was like, uh, a little difficult. Always be praying and mindful of the Holy Spirit just leading us, and He will give us that compassion. He will give us that awareness like saying, no, go that second mile. Obviously, if it's a sacrificial kind of thing, they, you know, they just, their agenda their calendar, they said, well, here's Jesus, let's go, let's do whatever it takes, let's make the adjustments, let's pivot in our life to do whatever it takes to help. Oh, by the way, you know, it may mean sacrificing a, you know, perfect home, <laughs> some material things, maybe it's, uh, you know, our, even here, you know, when you have messy people come in, it's like, well, it's like one per person put it, don't view your home as a museum, view it as a missionary outpost. You know, this, I mean, because this is the greater thing. Absolutely persistence. You know, they were persistent, persistent, persistent. And the good thing that you see is a team effort. So here's what we see. You know, it took four men to get this man to Jesus. Sometimes it's like, man, this is bigger than me. Involve other people in praying with you and walking alongside of you. And all of a sudden, here's what's going to happen. See, all of a sudden, God's going to say, hey, you know what? Your faith in me has profound impact on this person that you've been praying for, but you've been praying with little faith. Now let's pray with great faith. Because I'm looking at you. And then I'm going to look to see if you really are going to take the next step to say, okay, you come with me, you pray with me, you pray with me. We've had a profound example this past week. Not... I'll, I'm usually I don't mind throwing people under the bus, but I'm not going to throw them under the bus. Um, but uh, profound, and 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 what it's taken to get someone to Jesus. But all oh, the dividends it's going to pay. It's it's God is working. I I it's not an easy thing. What Jesus did for you is not an easy thing. It was costly. It's here that we that we see Jesus, you know, first meeting, first meeting our greatest need. And and it could be, it could be that I mean you might be here and you've continued to come because you don't know where else to go. It's like the disciple, where else are we going to go? But you're still not quite there. You still got an edge. You got an attitude. Because this thing that has been so important to you, Jesus has not addressed it yet. He's not fixed that physical situation, that physical illness. He's not fixed that relationship. He's not fixed that depression. He's not fixed that addiction. He's not fixed it. He's not fixed the turmoil that's in those relationships. He's not fixed that yet. 
He's not fixed this stuff that you know. I mean, you're hiding it, but you know it's eating your lunch. And so there's an attitude. And, and it's probably there because you, you've not come and completely just said, Jesus, my greatest need is not fix helping me get this. My greatest need is the sin that crucified you. I am a sinner. I'm not just a few degrees off. I am calling my own shots. I always have. I've been my own shepherd. I want, I want you there. I want you on my resume, but I've never come and surrendered my life to you. See, I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but, you know, that man was paralyzed. You know, the greatest you know, thing that's the, the, that causes paralysis is guilt. The guilt of our sin, spiritually. And the only remedy for that is forgiveness. And the only one that can offer that is Jesus. And that only comes when I come and confess, Lord, I need you. I will surrender my life to you. I will receive you into my life as my Savior and my Lord. Don't let the temporal steal the eternal. Case in point. See, a lot of folks get all twisted up and, and, and got this angst against God because he's not dealing with this first. You know, my sister could be twisted up, knotted up, all angry at God right now. All angry at God right now. Why did you let that happen? Well, it's because she's not twisted up because she knows that all of our greatest need, her husband's greatest need, was to have his sin forgiven. Wow. Perspective. And also that God is good and that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I shared with this, you this with you last week. Is she, she understands this good God, and so she knows now that, she, that God's grace is sufficient for her, even through the grieving process. But she now knows, she knows, she knows that, the, the, that God is going to work in a redemptive way to bring people into the kingdom through this horrific tragedy. I mean, if her even even after even after in her weakness, even in that desperation, weakness of reaching out to Jesus a month before taking his own life, if he if he all of a sudden got well and all that kind of stuff, and you know lived on out ten more years, fifteen, whatever the case is. This, uh, this is conjecture, but there wouldn't have been 
overflow upon over those people when they come crashing. God is at work. He has now experienced total healing. God is at work and he will continue to do what is most important. Help people come into a saving relationship with Jesus. It's when we invert that and turn it on his head and we go, well, I need this dealt with. No, no, no. See, <laughs> God calls the shots. It's when we bow before him and, and we, we come. We come in desperate. All this is presented and we come and all of a sudden he says, hey, your sins are forgiven. We go, what? What? Receive it. Receive it. If you've never done that, I, I pray, pray that you do that today. That you just say, okay, I've been doing this. I've been showing up. I've been lowered through roofs. I've been all that kind of stuff. But I got mad whenever I heard that instead of you're healed. Let God, let God is the one that ordered the whole universe. Let him order the steps of your redemption. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus, that you can, again, one more time, offer your forgiveness. And then in that, then just say, Lord, have that own way, have that own way. And he may say, well, get up and walk. Get on up. He may. But all we know is this, is he is a good, good father. And he's got a purpose and he's got a plan for you and me. Let's team up. Let's do whatever it takes. Number one, come into Jesus. But number two, uh, do whatever it takes as a body to team up. And because of our great faith, see people. Just take people. Get them to Jesus. Do whatever. To, you know, pray. Holy Spirit, lead me. Show me. I mean, you know, We're not going to twist somebody's arm and all that kind of stuff and say, scream uncle. No, 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 no. But the Spirit of God will guide us. He'll lead us in this. But less, it's a team, it's a team effort. It's, it's us coming together. And in the coming weeks, we're going to have an opportunity to, to, to really be very intentional in listing the people in our influence, people in our circles of life. And then the Spirit of God is going to lead us in how we can, like these men, have faith that if we can just get them to Jesus, their greatest need, the greatest problem will be dealt with eternally. It's a team effort. The greatest sin in the desert is not committing murder. It is not telling others of the life-giving water that you know of. Let's pray. God, thank you. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for this opportunity. And thank you, Jesus, that you, you again, through your word and through your spirit, are giving us this opportunity to experience the forgiveness of our sin. Lord, some of us are paralyzed emotionally, relationally. We're paralyzed uh, spiritually uh, because we've never, we've never come and confessed our need we 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 never connected the dots that sin causes 
every kind of sickness. Lord, thank you for connecting the dots here in this, your word. And now, Holy Spirit of God, we pray that your power will be present to heal us. Heal us spiritually. And let us respond in the way that you are calling us to respond. For your glory and for our good. With your heads bowed and as... um, Christy and Tess begin to play. Just spend a few moments and asking God, you know, what is your response? Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. There's going to be a couple of us sitting up forward. It, you may, you, you, there's just a pressing need in your life. Come and lay it down. Lay it down. Stop resisting. It's, stop, stop worrying about what others think. Let yourself be Lord right now <laughs> with the gawking eyes of others into the very presence and the healing restoring, redemptive power of Jesus. And as you pray and as you come, maybe maybe you'll want to join in with this course. Draw me close to you, Jesus. Never let me go. Be glorified, Jesus, in our response. Look on our faith that we may be forgiven and that we may be healed. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name.